0: Alright, welcome to Hyperborean Radio. I'm Celtic God. The Lord Keepers is here with me as always. And uh, yeah, welcome to a little island of sanity in an insane world. I hope everybody's doing alright out there.
1: Yes, and welcome to Hyperborean Radio, you dirty heathens.
0: Oh, before we really get going though, I do want to thank all of our haters out there as well as all of our Patreons and people that buy our shirts and whatnot because you guys really help a lot, including the people that share us. Yes. Um, because it does help us keep from falling so dramatically because we've noticed whenever we say things that we
1: say the no no things.
0: yeah we say the no no things and then we dribble off but people then share us and we dribble back up so yeah i just actually i guess thank everybody
1: well and today's topic is actually something we've been bouncing back and forth with for a while is the sacred act of storytelling and we've said it before and i'll say it again and i want to make this very clear the sacred thing is not the story because every story no matter how sacred you might consider it shifts it's it's got a it's got bones but the meat is very easily changeable you could even rearrange the bones if you want and the story
0: well, you think of it like canon yeah like you can change the details of the story and it doesn't matter but the canon is the canon don't touch the fucking canon yes. so the universe has to stay the same uh, captain america always has to be captain america Uh, Spike always has to be Spike, but you can take Spike and have him do different things, and that's just fine.
1: Yeah, it's like Spider-Man. You can mess with him a little bit, but he's got to still be Spider-Man. Yeah,
0: he Uh, has to have Uncle Ben.
1: Oliver Twist, Sherlock Holmes, Pinocchio, all those characters. And then the storyteller isn't the sacred part. We have famous storytellers, but if you've ever paid attention to how people view things, you can have the most famous story series in the world that you've either directed or created one flop and pretty much you're on thin ice, and that's if it doesn't completely. You're on your notice, murder. Mister. Pretty much. I mean, it's like you. It's like movie makers, directors, producers, whatever. You can have a, a just a line of hits of amazing stories, but then you hit that one point and it crumbles. And it's because our people are storytellers. We teach our culture. We teach our customs. We teach our legends. Morals. Our history, everything. Everything with
0: stories. People have missed the point with the stories. The sacred act of storytelling. Yes. And it, it really is, it's a point that a lot of people miss. I imagine, like usual, um, because I love our analytics now, especially once I got smart enough to share it on Telegram, because you can see the people that, they hear the the intro, like the, the radio turning on and the static and they're gone and they never come back. Other people, they hear our voice, Hello, welcome to Hyperborean Radio, and they're like, "Oh, I can't take this," and then then they they bail. Uh, they hear what the topic is, the opening statements, and they're like, "Oh, I can't handle this," and they bail. And now I just I enjoy watching all of those drop off. For the the good news is, we're up from fifty three percent overall well, retention, seventy yeah, percent retention. Yeah, yep. You guys are getting tougher. You guys are getting tougher. It's getting harder and harder to chase everybody away. I mean, I, I'm just giddy.
1: Well, and. The reason the storytelling is actually the most important bit, Mm -hmm. not the story itself or the storyteller, is you can tell any
0: number of stories to get your point across to tell what you want to tell. Well, and you have a a personal experience with this. I mean, I've done this a lot, but you you were so excited the other day because you actually took advantage of an opportunity and then cemented this for you.
1: Yeah, uh, well, I was at work and... um, I was talking to a co-worker while we were working, and basically uh, the conversation fell to, like, paganism and gods, and I started telling him about the gods. But I actually described them like they were figures. And th- basically I was telling him, like, Othin, for instance. You were describing
0: who they were. Who they
1: were, not what. Like, I didn't describe Othin as a one-eyed, wandering, all-powerful wizard or ball father whatever. No, I described him as what he is. He's a ruthless beggar king... Wandering magical hobo, with a little bit of murder.y mm-hmm. And I, I said I like him because he's interesting. And then I eventually got into the Morgan. I described like she is almost exclusively liked by she is almost exclusively venerated by males. She is that primal feminine I started describing her like how she looked, how she like who
0: acts. she is.
1: Yes, I describe like uh, he got very interested when I started explaining like the only females that she that would could really venerate the Morgan are like the
0: the pirate queen grace o'malley and and i know that there's a bunch of wiccans right right now half of them clicked off the other half are waiting to get offended because well i worship the the morgan this is what the morgan does to let's say normal females she drives them insane drives them now look at most of your wiccans that venerate the morgan Mm -hmm. they're insane Yes, she drives them mad. She drives them
1: over cliffs. She sicks her ravens in her wolves She takes on. their men away from them. She's she keeps
0: other men from going to them.
1: She skins them.
0: Yeah. Lays uh, them. She, she lays them bare to the point where they can't deny it to themselves. And, and drives them mad and eventually to death. Now look at most of the females out there that venerate the Morgan. Well,
1: and then he started doing things the guy I was talking to unprompted. Like uh, he would agree like Othan was... In far more interesting than how most people talk about him. Mm-hmm. Or the again he actually described that. Yeah, Well, he, and he, he
0: actually got excited,
1: right? Oh, yeah. Like with ha- when I uh, started describing the dog done, I said he's basically Hagrid the God.
0: <laughs>
1: um, and he actually got excited then, and I started describing him like the dog da is incredibly generous. He will pretty much. Well, and the, re- the reason back. why
0: you use Hagrid is because that's his physical description.
1: Physical description and not too often the personality department. Yes, Not too often. And, I, and of course, I edited slightly like he's not an exact thing. But
0: then I started going into like, which is a good way to describe it. You're like, it's not one for one. But well, you could see the echoes there and then you go into the echoes. Well, yeah. And I tried to do the
1: the same thing with the Morrigan by using the Galadriel. All shall love me and despair scene. But he's like the one adult human being that hasn't seen the Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Um, and then when I was getting into the dog, da, I was talking, I was talking, I told him like the story of, uh, you can't leave him without having a pocket full of beer. <laughs> and of did. course he had the question, like a pocket full of beer. You mean like, there's just like beer poured in your pockets. I'm I like, don't know. I'm like, I don't know. I, I think he puts like a flask or a bottle or like a bottle with, or like a clay jug with three X's. I don't know. <laughs>
0: and, and I actually figured out. You figured it out. Let me know. But it sounds cool as shit.
1: <laughs> well, and I would go into him. And he got so excited because I started describing how generous he is, and that he'll pretty much give you the shirt off his back. And he's this humongous burly guy, and he can turn into a giant. And uh, but when he shifts back into human, he has trouble with his dick. So he's got like an eight foot dick on a human body. <laughs> he just started kind <laughs> of laughing, which is of course the extreme end. Yeah, it's it's the irreverence that you find, right? In our sh- and people like it because he started smiling. And I told him about the dogda and how. Um, if you do betray him, he gives you a fate worse than death, and I described like I told him that he basically gets, you, you get used as bungholes.
0: Well, no, you get spirit. driven into a bunghole, So you described it wrong. No, I described you it as are a, the bung. You are used, driven into the yeah, bunghole. That's
1: what I described. They are you are used as the bunghole plug. Yes, and I just desc- and um he it, it was actually interesting because before I even described the fate worse than death that would befall someone. Uh, he actually said when I said if someone betrays him there's a fate worse than us, he's like, Why would anyone betray him? He sounds like the nicest guy. Like unprompted just started saying that. And then he started asking questions like when I said you get used as a a bunghole plug. He's like, Do you do you go in like head first or foot first? And I'm like, I'm guessing it's dealer's choice. (laughs) So there's all these questions that come with the telling of the story. It just
0: depends on how he grabs you, bro. Yeah. If you tried running, you're probably going in foot first,
1: <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but it's it was fun because it's not just telling the stories and seeing their faces light up, but it's also they want to ask questions. Isn't it cool questions. too how
0: it's almost like they're remembering something that they didn't know that they forgot? Yeah, that's what it is. But it only works when you do it that way. If you take the the academic approach and, and uh, the religious approach, you don't get that response.
1: Well, it's because is like what we've posted before and we've talked about there there is no name for it because it's just who we are however there is a caveat to that it's mutually exclusive mm-hmm. if you join another religion it's kind of like throwing away what you are like you can't be yeah. christian and pagan no it there's just no such work thing as way. a christian witch there's no such thing as a christian ethnic faith
0: it, it just doesn't work yeah it, it, it's crazy well and i've i've done very similar things and um for me like sometimes i'll work in stories and one of my favorite ones it's the story of um of tear on the tree of pain and i'll actually mime it so i get all really traditional with it and it's it's the most amazing thing because i can watch their eyes they stop actually watching me and they lean in very intent listening to everything all the tones all the everything And breathing in the story. And then they go somewhere else. And then when I stop telling the story, watch them snap back. And, yeah, I've had big men actually start tearing up just due to the intensity of the story. And, uh, yeah, it's an amazing thing. And it takes that honesty, the the honesty of storytelling.
1: Well, you have to mean it. It's the same issue that, like we've talked about this before, is our art. Art of the gods nowadays typically trends more towards fantasy. Yeah, It's like people are just drawing something they think is neat, like a dragon or Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And actually, there's usually more emotion in the Lord of the Rings because people are attached to the story of Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings is one of those modern surrogate mythologies. But really, mm-hmm. it's... it's a con- well, and, and here's the thing is that's not blasphemy. That's what they were written for. Well, they are... Li- it was... Unlike a lot of surrogate mythologies, Lord of the Rings was deliberately written to give the English a mythology.
0: Yes, uh, and it's it's largely based off. Specifically, yeah, a lot of people will say that it's based off from the Germanic and Scandinavian, but it's not. If you listen to the fucking author himself, oh, it's heavily based
1: on the Celts. It's heavily it has influence from. He the Slavs, did reference the Greeks, the yeah. Romans, he did the reference
0: uh, other tribes, but the the core of the story is their Celtic stories. He said so himself.
1: Yes, there are elements of the Germanic, but it's like the elves. The a lot of people's idea of elves is more like a weird bent, twisting of
0: fae. The Lord of the Ring elves are actually, yeah, the fae. They're closer to the fae, uh, and specifically the fairy.
1: Yeah, the fairy, which are the
0: nobility of the fae. Yes.
1: Well, and they even end up in a different realm by the end. So it's like, it's pretty obvious he's kind of referencing the Tuatha De in story mm-hmm. there. But that's the thing is all of our stories, like we covered this in media, we are the modern media, books, comic books, television, it's all a continuation of the oral tradition. Mm-hmm. The only difference now is the oral tradition has been severed for many people.
0: Well, and I've taken some people before that were Christians, like they actively went to church and participated in all the church stuff. And every now and then you end up with that one that is genuinely curious. And of course, their ulterior motive is to. Um, uh, what's that word where they? Convert you? Yeah, to convert you, but then I tell, I, I describe paganism, the this ethnic faith, the same way that we always describe it, and then I start. Well, what about the gods and this and that? So then I give them their basic rundown is. The gods are us, and we are the gods. They are an extension of us as we are an extension of them, much the same way as you're an extension of your great-grandparents.
1: Well, that's actually how I described it with the guy I was talking to. I said, we are descended of the gods' body
0: and soul. Like yes, flesh. we are actually related to them. They are our f- ancestors. Both
1: in flesh and in spirit. Right. We are literally descended in every way from them.
0: Right, but then, then they want to to talk about the gods because you can see it on their faces. They're just waiting to talk about power levels and scales, but rather than taking the same route that everybody else does, like let's use Odin because he's the, he's the one that's used the most and people get dry and academic and then they try power scaling him right up to compete directly with the power of Yahweh, the perceived power of Yahweh or some shit. And then they, they, they're trying to have a dick measuring contest. I I don't even go that route. I describe them as who they are and why they are so so important to us. And I'll even work in. Your God, sure. I believe your God exists. I just think he's a liar and I don't care and he doesn't matter. And then I prove to them he doesn't matter. No, and most Christians don't even... And the way that that I prove it is by the way I talk about our gods. Their God doesn't have any place in these stories and it doesn't... He he just loses all importance because of the importance placed on our gods, and it's not because they're powerful and they're separate of us, and we're striving to. No, 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 no. I talk about them like a friend, a like friend, I'm a like family I'm, member, yes. a family
1: member, a great hero. A I legend. talk about them
0: like they're people, and and they just become so wistful and oh wow! If more if more pagans was like you, I would do that. If there was an actual community of pagans that I, could, I could join. Which makes me kind of sad because if everybody that said that would have stuck around, you would already have one. Fuck, we'd have a community of three, four hundred people because I don't have these conversations. You know, once every ten years, I have them quite frequently. Actually,
1: the thing is, Christians never tell stories about Yahweh, which is probably why he's so unimportant in reality mm-hmm. and why they well, their stories
0: suck, which is why we aren't really going to talk about no it, that it, part it, of it. Just a reference, just for um, the counterbalance, I guess. Well, and the other thing is, is like I was the same guy I was
1: talking to at work. I told him the truth, which is in European myths, there are kings of the gods and there are creation myths. These are symbolic. They change with time period. They change with hierarchy, cultural milieu, religious and political orientations.
0: In the end, they don't matter. Well, in every one of our gods, goddess isn't really a, a thing. It's male or female. It's a god. Are gods, they're all kings. Every one of them. They're all
1: chieftains of some tribe. Yes. Of someone's chi- Every god is someone's chieftain, which is why it's kind of pointless to have the king of the gods or the chieftain of the right. gods or whatever. And that's the thing. Is it's it not that these don't matter completely, but for any god that's placed in that role as creator or king, this is a very specific tradition, and it is irrelevant to the broader lore. Mm-hmm. Because like Hala, for instance... Hala is also credited with the creation of you know humans and tribes and whatever. Just yeah, like there's a lot Odin. of gods
0: cre- uh, credited with oh, that. Oh yeah, and
1: it changes depending on region, and that's that's the version in Hesh. Here's the thing, though, Hala is way more interesting. That is a footnote. That is a footnote from a specific tribal tradition.
0: Mm-hmm. The far more important lesson to take away from Hala: potato dumplings. Oh, yeah. My one and of pancakes. My, you got to throw the pancakes. Well,
1: I started telling him about Hala, too. And I told him one of my favorite stories of Hala, which is she's gone around as an old lady, like she likes to. And someone gives her free wine to try out. She drinks it, says thank you, gives it right back, walks away, <laughs> thinks in her head that was some of the worst wine I've ever had in my entire life sends a frost to kill all the vineyards in the area. Not just the one the wine came from, all the vineyards. All of them. Because how dare that entire region make bad wine and give it to me? And then she's kind of like, you know, I kind of fucked over an entire region. So, I'm going to I'm going to make this up to them. So then she goes down as a pretty maid, which is her other favorite form. She mm-hmm. usually goes as old lady, hot blonde. That's right. kind of her two forms. So then she goes as the pretty maiden. And uh, starts cooking and people smell it. And it's like, oh, that smells so good. What is it? And they go over and she's making potato dumplings. And then the region began to grow potatoes and they eat potato dumplings to this day. And And it's
0: a wonderful story. And that's the important part. It's the sacred. It's not the story. I mean, the stories are They need to be told in a cool way so that people like them. But here's here's part of that sacred act of the storytelling. It's not just repeating the story. You have to actually care. It's it's like another topic that we've been talking about with music. You have to care. Well, it's You like, have to understand. You can't just... You can do everything technically perfect, but it just rings hollow if you don't actually care.
1: Well, it's like if you commit an epic to memory, but then you never tell it or perform it, what was the point?
0: Or, or if you perform it um, robotically, I guess, you're just going through the motions, people can tell. Well, I think this is partly why when you're depicting
1: our gods, at least depicting them literally, like trying to depict them in a scene, some of the best artists I've seen are like our friend Aethelwolf, Wolf, uh, Seb McKinnon, Herman Hendrick, Mr. Werewolf. Yeah,
0: where they don't get overly detailed but with It's it.
1: almost the concept art level dreamy surrealness. Yes. And that, I think that's partially because of our storytelling method, because what we would do, and we still do it to this day. Is well, the, the idea sh- the, the is sh-
0: that you can see the god in not only yourself, but also in... The people around you your your friend your lover your your uncle your whatever hopefully all those things aren't wrapped up in one um <laughs> uh, sorry, the reverent side came out, so I guess I'm not really sorry, but um yeah it's it's so that you can see the gods in the world around you,
1: well precisely, and that's why like. You'd get the fire, and then anyone who's been near a big fire, whoever is near it between you and the fire, they're completely draped in shadow. So you can do all of this... Mining, shadow puppetry. Shadow puppetry. You know, two sticks become antlers because you just see it, or you mime the hitting of an anvil when you're trying
0: to do it, and you make the noises and all that other stuff. Mm-hmm. and It it makes the story alive. Right, well, because I've seen that in, in your eyes as well, and I, I've told that same story with... um. Thor striking the anvil for, oh, frick, I couldn't even tell you how many people. And they always have the same reaction. The eyes get wide, like, wow, because I actually raise myself right up on my toes, arm as high up over my head as I can get it with a crook, like I'm holding a heavy hammer, and I swing down as hard as I can as I count once, twice, thrice, and the eyes are always the
1: same. Well, I, th- I think one of the reasons Thor is such an appealing god is he's very innocent. Mm-hmm. Because he he is, whatever he is, he is What I was just talking about,
0: though, is the the audience. So the person that I'm talking to or the people that I'm talking to when I tell that story, the expression is always the same. Not just the eyes being wide, but wonder written all over their face. Like, they're not actually watching me. They're watching Thor.
1: Yeah. Well, it's like, and uh, the thing is, stories, even in the modern day, that a lot of people can miss the point. Like we were talking before about um, South Park and The Simpsons. And oh, I a thought you was
0: going to meant... go with the, uh, the blue curtain thing.
1: Oh, yeah, the, the, English, the English teacher meme. What the English teacher says the blue curtains mean, they s- symbolize the creeping depression which is overcome and overtaken his life that he must rise above. What the author meant, the curtains were fucking blue. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's like we were talking about... Uh, south park and how it's effectively a story of butters and kenny these yeah. two opposite ends kenny is hyper aware that the world is shit and butters is completely unaware right that the and world you're is
0: shit. you're a fan of uh, at least the old south park and to me i i knew what it was i'm not really a fan but i've watched enough of it to realize this is actually a story about kenny and butters the other characters are there to support kenny and butters and then i had to explain it to you and then you're like oh well, and the weird thing yeah, is is the first true.
1: few seasons don't do that, but when the show actually starts getting good is when Butters and Kenny start getting a bit more of a broader, like when they were just pulling. Uh, and in. they still, on the surface, don't appear to
0: be, be mean characters, on the surface. But
1: the best episodes are with those two characters. Right. Cartman is an easy third, but Cartman is Cartman.
0: Or like another one um, where people miss the obvious. You ask most people, um, what is The Simpsons about? And they'll give you um, Bart. Uh, Lisa the Simpsons Lisa. family I don't just know why general. I was going to call her Sally <laughs> I don't watch most of these shows but the Simpsons itself is actually a love story between Marge and Homer
1: which is why the worst episodes are when they try to force this conflict between the mm-hmm. two characters it doesn't work because these two characters love each other so much and anyone who's a fan of the show knows that like uh, one of the things that because i used to be a really big simpsons fan I, i've dropped off um but in the simpsons it, one of my favorite scenes in the entire show is homer's go he's twirling this gun around because he's kind of become like a random gun nut it's not the best episode anyways but he's goes into the quickie mart, and Apu's like oh don't shoot and he's like, "Well, I'm not going to rob the Quickie Mart." And he's like, "Oh wait, what would my life be like if I robbed the Quickie Mart?" So then he thinks in his head and he's thinking he has this giant mansion, there's like a big band music playing and he's like twirling around the gun with a cigar and a top hat, dressed really rich. And he's got a go-go girl right next to him dancing. It's Marge. Homer is so in love with Marge that even in a perfect fantasy world delusion, he can't think of any woman he'd rather have by his side than Marge.
0: Yeah, and it kind of goes the other way, too where although she will imagine other men, but then the dream quickly falls apart and turns into crap, and then she realizes how much she loves Oh, yeah,
1: they're they're completely devoted to each other. Mm -hmm. It's partly why the show is so
0: likable, is those two characters specifically. Mm -hmm. Well, and I I think a lot of people, what it is is, and and it's the same thing dealing with many different topics, but they get so close, they can't see the forest for the trees. They get so close and so focused in on, say, the oak tree they don't notice the beech and the maple and the, the jack pines and the spruces in the forest as well. They're, and they, they proudly declare this is an oak forest when there's many kinds of different tree in that forest, but they will they will swear up and down it's an oak forest. No, it's a forest that has oak in it. It is not an oak forest.
1: Well, it's, it's like I've been saying for a while. The stories have to continue to be told. That's why the storytelling is the sacred part mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if all the stories were written down if we don't continue to tell them they will die
0: yeah well and it's also part of why conflation is such an issue when in doubt separated out
1: yeah that's why that's the method i did when i realized that there was nothing backing up besides very faulty etymology that wotan the forest mountain god of fury and Othan, the beggar king were the same god
0: creating odin
1: uh, yeah I tossed them, I separated them both out and they make more sense that way. Mm-hmm. If someone has proof, they're the same other than, but the, but the
0: etymology says, because or, I, but all the experts say, because I don't care. I've The experts also fact, claim today, that our race is a genetic disease so. today, which is we're recording on what is today, Sunday. So if you follow our, our podcast or our telegram, obviously, if you're listening, you follow the podcast. If you uh, follow our telegram, go back to Sunday. And you will see a post on, what's the name of that, that idol? Shagir Idol. Yes, yeah, the Shagir Idol. The experts claim this is an idol, like a totem pole. However, I presented using all of the pieces because for them to, to turn it into a, a totem pole, the experts have to ignore certain pieces of the pole because it just doesn't fit and it changes its shape. It's it's pretty obviously... Uh, it's uh, a boat. Yes, and I used all of the pieces to show how this is potentially a boat. Now it might not be a boat. It could be a. It could just as reasonably reasonably be a uh, a, a skin stretcher for like tanning hides. It could just as reasonably be a roof. It could be yes, many. Things. It could be many many things. But honestly, I think it's a boat.
1: Well, and it's not necessarily and that's the, taking
0: into account where it's found, uh, the depth, the type of wood that's made from, et cetera, et cetera. I think it's a boat that somebody made. And then we have this tendency when we have a thing and we're spending hours and we're bored because we don't have cell phones yet. We start carving into things and oh. making faces on it and turning it, making it look like other things. Oh, That's
1: like in Michigan. There's a salt mine that is, mm-hmm. has all these beautiful carvings. And they try. Uh, they tried to point out. Well, look at these beautiful religious carving. It's because that was the prettiest thing they
0: could well, find. Well, and they try claiming how old it was, like way older. than Oh, they try to they make it
1: Amerindian. It's like yeah. no, this is obvious. We, we based it off of these old church things because they were pretty. Mm-hmm. It's not a religious thing. It was just that's what they did. And they was, it was pretty. bored. Yeah, they were bored. You're stuck in the mines. It takes more time to go yeah. up
0: than lunch break. Right. You you go for lunch for lunch break. At, some people are leaving, so then you. Got to wait for the ones to come back. Some of them don't want to go for the hour trip back up to the surface, have their lunch in an hour trip back down. So they just stay down in the mines. And then they get bored and they started carving things out of the salt. Why? Because they could. Well, it's like um, the Shagir Idol
1: that doesn't disqualify the the head imagery on the Shagir Idol from actually depicting a spirit or a god or something.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Because we've done that a lot. The mermaids on the
0: ships, the... uh... Right, the, but at that point, the boat becomes the main thing. Well, like the, the main th- the, the, Yeah, it becomes the idol. And we, we, like you said, we do that today, even. I've seen fishing boats where people paint faces on it, they, well, they'll carve into it if there's wooden bits on it. Well, we're an extremely pragmatic people. Unless we make something
1: exclusively for decoration, mm-hmm. like a park statue or something, or
0: a mural. And even then, most time those are done for a purpose. Like they serve a secondary purpose. They're not just pretty. It's a thing that does a thing that is also pretty. Well, a memorial, for instance, well, that has a secondary purpose. Think about water fountains. Oh, well, yeah. those are meant just to be pretty, but it's a water fountain. It well, is a functional thing. Just because they won't let you drink from it doesn't mean
1: well. You were supposed to originally. That's what yeah, water. That's fountains what are. They, they were originally for. They were basically filtration systems. They mm-hmm. weren't. The, uh, filtration systems and places to get water. They didn't start out as just decorative.
0: I mean, you fountain. weren't supposed to wash your clothes in it, but you could go there and draw water from it. Like That's, a, that was its purpose, is to draw water from.
1: Yeah, as was an old-school drinking fountain, mm-hmm. basically.
0: Unlike how the Africans do these things when we go over there and we build, build the same things for them, they wash in the fountain as opposed to taking the water out of the fountain.
1: Well, what fountains basically are artificial springs and they yes. just make them pretty. We usually put water spirits or heroes or whatever we like on them. And that's like um, even most of the sacred objects in history, the beautiful folk art people like, they're pragmatic. Like the Slavic, they have really pretty like uh, distaffs and spindles. Well, it's one of the things I love
0: about our people is we, we make pretty things. We are extremely pragmatic. So the thing needs to do the thing. But who doesn't like to have the thing that everybody else has? But it's cooler. It 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 does this extra thing that their things doesn't do, and it does it very well. Or it's just designed to be pretty.
1: Well, whether it's well, we even do it today with the little bit we're able to, like uh, the modern phenomenon of putting stickers on everything. Yeah, we're not allowed to carve the metal water bottle we buy, so we put a bunch of stickers on it. We're Mm -hmm. not allowed to. You replace the entire casing of our laptop with some home forged Well, it's one. not even
0: allowed. It's if you try, you're going to break the damn thing.
1: Yeah, everything's too fragile. But whether it's boredom, pragmatism, or just to customize it, we have always made things really yeah, pretty.
0: customize. That's, that's a, a good way to, to do it. And sometimes it'll be spiritual things. Sometimes it's just something pretty. Sometimes it's... It goes the full gambit.
1: Well, it's like you have a mead or a wine making dish that Mm -hmm. the Greeks make. Who do they put on it? Dionysus. And why? Because why not? Well, I mean, it makes sense. There's Mm -hmm. many figures you can put on it, but God of Wine's kind of top of the list. Eventually, you get bored of that, and you switch to satyrs. Or fish. Or fish or dolphins or whatever works.
0: Because there's some of those that have fish in them. Why? Because, well, if you're going to drink like a fish, you might as well have a fish in it. I mean... Our jokes haven't really changed over the millennia. If you doubt me, go look at Hadrian's Wall and the cocks carved into it. Yes, um, the the chalk giant, G- giant dick. Yes, I mean we we haven't really changed at our core. Unfortunately, modernity has changed um, many of the expressions. It's, it's twisted. Well, it's it, like it's a- twisted us, but in general, but still at our center we are still the same thing it's like you can take an oak tree twist it around into a chair but it's still an oak tree well and
1: oddly enough our people do actually do that there's people that will grow trees specifically to form them into chairs oh and that's actually a sacred thing we'll do is uh to make like a gate like the fairy gates you talk about where we twist trees into basically a gate shape Mm -hmm. that that sort of delineates a beautiful sacred space right and there's that
0: Because twisting, well, you're talking about twisting nature, and that's horrible. We should never ever do that. No, no, no. There's a difference between doing it to make something beautiful versus trying to simply control it. Like there's people that will shape uh, trees to make rakes. That I disagree with. I would rather much see these saplings twisted around to make a beautiful gate to make something pretty than to make something simply to force it to be something that it's not.
1: Well, and we'll actually help trees grow. We'll t- we'll make advantage of tree hollows for altars, for tree houses, for things of that nature. Uh, like the people that made fairy houses, which actually made the ha- the tree healthier because it oh it yeah reinforced all of the different openings. All the rotten
0: uh, all the rotten spots. They yeah, they cl- had to carve the rot out of it to get the window into it. Um, did we ever post that?
1: No, it might be something we post later on. Yeah,
0: so it might go up this week or. Might might find it on Patreon. That would be a good thing to do to get more people to support us. We'll start putting more stuff on Patreon. But, yeah, what they did was they, they carved. The trees had natural hollows and rot spots in them. And, and these things are beautiful. And they carve carve out the, the rot and get down to the live wood. And then they insert a window, insert a door, and making fairy houses. And you can see that actually healed the tree because the tree begins to heal over top of and you can see that these are natural holes that was just opened up but the tree begins to heal because you can see where the rot was bark is starting to grow over it you can see where the window where they put the window in and the bark starting to seal up over the window the door that, and the wood actually growing back around it so yeah these things sometimes they can be used to heal and and make things better well, and add magic. Yeah, and add magic. Because there's actually a uh,
1: documentary, I think it's mostly been removed, but it's called The Gnomist. And it's literally about this family that moves to a f- an area and they start putting up gnome houses in the forest Is mm-hmm. kind of just a thing. And it actually becomes so meaningful to people, they start leaving um, pieces of paper for the gnomes. Mm-hmm. And then the woman will come by and she'll get all the papers. And one time someone actually wrote that she used to bring like her daughter there, but then she died you know, young. So... They actually took, like, the nickname that was written about the little girl, and they customized a gnome house as a memorial to the little girl. There's
0: a reason why the state keeps trying to shut people down from doing this. It's not because people are destroying the trees. It's because we're putting magic back into the world where it can actually be seen. Yeah, and and that story did have a sad ending because the state made them take them all down. See, I... I understand why people will say this, but honestly, it kind of offends me a little bit, like calling this an educational channel. I'm not bagging on on the guy that said this because it's fair. It's a fair enough assessment. I mean, really, how do you quantify what it is that we do? We, we are teaching. We're not really
1: quantifiable. It's kind of yeah. like it's it's why it's hard to explain what our telegram is. Like, what are we?
0: Right. <laughs> what, what are we? Uh, well, it's yes, much,
1: it's much like our people. But or uh, our another spirituality.
0: thing is calling us just. Your pragmatic approach to paganism. Yes, it is pragmatic, but it is also extremely magical and spiritual. And if you if you don't notice that part of it, then you're not actually listening. Well and again it's not an insult. If you haven't noticed up to now, like you're like, Oh, this is a very pragmatic and, and useful way to approach ethnic faith. Just perk up your ears, go back and listen to some of the stuff that we said before, and you will notice it is stuffed. Full of spirituality and magic and ritual and. Well, it's I've described it before on the podcast. We are kind of Occam's
1: razor, the people. Mm -hmm. So we are extremely pragmatic. So how does the whole egg finding ritual make sense? Well, it also happens to be when food is scarce, because despite what people think, spring is not a time of plenty. It's actually a time of very little food. It it began as a
0: pragmatic thing that we turned into a spiritual thing.
1: Well, and here's the thing is if you understand it's a spiritual thing and you do it with intent, Mm -hmm. it loses power because there is no Easter eggs that mean less than the people that understand this is a fertility ritual. Right. But the people that just do it because they like it, that's the magic.
0: Right. They do it for the kids. They do it just because they want to make something beautiful. Those are the ones that actually have more power than the ones that's doing it. I don't know to invite in the fertility spirits or whatever weird thing it is that they do. It's the ones that do it with that innocence. Well, the, it's like, they're giving. They're, they're actually giving, and that's what puts the magic into it.
1: Well, it's like the maypole. People will be like, well, it's a phallic symbol. I'm like, maybe, but I'm not going to think about it that way. Yeah. It, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just enjoy the I mean, the you can. Or the may tree. Sometimes it's called mm-hmm. the Maybaum, so the may tree. Oh, one one of my favorites, just because this is actually a story, is the May tree is not the same everywhere. There is mm-hmm. an area in Germany where the May tree tradition, the May, the Maybaum or the Maypole, it's specifically men, males. So, like young males, they'll like design a tree really pretty and stick it in the yard of the girl that they find that they have a crush on.
0: Right. Well, and I just noticed because we was talking about this before the show, one of the ways that our shows work, we start out on topic. Then if you're listening, it sounds like we get off topic and then we wrap it up by going back on the topic. But the thing is, is the middle part that seems like we're off topic is actually showing that all these things are interconnected. Well, it's a lot. So we never actually get off topic.
1: No, it's a lot like storytelling Mm
0: -hmm. because like you
1: look at our story system, you start out somewhere. And usually what happens is you go around in a circle and you end up back where it was. It's actually a really common trope even in modern media. Mm -hmm. Wherever you start, you might end up changed, but you're back where you started. Yeah. Like uh, the the Lord of the Rings, the Hobbits story starts in the Shire. They go through all this stuff that has almost nothing to do with the Shire. Shire barely gets mentioned. Then, the end, they go back to the Shire.
0: Yes. So that's the way our podcasts work. And, uh, I was like, nah, we don't do that that much. Oh, no, wait. Yes, yes, we do. We do it all the time. <laughs> and, and I don't notice it when I'm editing the podcast because... I'm aware that these things in the middle that we're talking about actually are still the things that we started off talking about. So I don't notice it, but I guess on the surface, yeah, it would appear that we meander and wander off topic, but we don't because it's all, it's part of who we are. It is our storytelling method.
1: Well, it's actually one of the things I've tried to tell people is I don't mind that they make new stories, even if they don't get the lore perfectly right. Like Mm -hmm. I don't mind Marvel Thor, like old school Marvel Thor on the comics. It's not accurate, but it's an earnest, respectful telling. Same with like the God of War games, like God of War 4 with Baldur and Freya. I didn't mind that at all. I actually liked how they depicted uh, yeah. Baldur because Baldur, if, cause if Baldur can't be harmed, that also means he can't be touched. And that would eventually drive him mad. Yeah. So I actually liked that because it took what little we have of Baldur and sort of flushed him out as a character. Um, well, and it's, they they kind of shot the dog
0: in the fifth one, right? Many yeah. talking points, but whatever. Well, and that's why I was going to get into is, um, currently right now, a lot of people talk about how they're de- deconstructing this and they're de- deconstructing that and they're deconstructing the characters in these universes and all these grand epic stories. They're not deconstructing them. They're shitting all over. Oh them. yeah. Like people sin- are using the word incorrectly. I agree with Thanos from, from end Thanos was right. He was the hero of the story. Granted, he was going about it the wrong way. He didn't think long enough term. But that's besides the point. In those first movies up to Endgame, is that the one uh, where he did the snap and he actually won? Infinity War. Infinity War. Up to Infinity War, Thanos was the hero. I have to deconstruct Thanos to explain why he's the hero. Now, what they're doing is not deconstruction. They're shitting on things. Oh, yeah, they shit on Thanos in the endgame. Well, because the deconstruction is just understanding. You, you, he did this thing. Why did he do this thing? So then you have to look at, basically pick apart the character to realize all the motivations and, and therefore the actions that was taken and the intentions of the actions. That's deconstruction. Which is actually good. You, you want to try and understand your characters, but what they're doing with like rings of power, which is a, a hot topic right now, that is not deconstruction of the Lord of the Rings. That is shitting on Lord of the Rings. So they're not even making an effort to understand it.
1: Well, most of modern Marvel is shitting all over
0: Marvel. Yes,
1: and the only reason we talk, I'm talking about Marvel is because it is really it's been really popular. Right. It's it's dying though.
0: Thankfully. Well, most of the YouTube videos that you look up concerning stories is going to be Marvel, Star Wars, Lord of the Rings, oh, and Wheel of Time, and they the the powers that be are not deconstructing these these things. Or the Boys is another really popular one, but they're not deconstructing these; they're shedding on them, and it it really doesn't even have anything to do with the um, uh, what is that the That diversity quota thing, it's e something, something, something. Whatever it was a thing. Yeah, this guideline that they have for diversity in shows. And this is evidenced in shows like Halo. They just shat all over it. There is plenty of room in the Halo universe for all of their diversity talking point shit. However, they intentionally just shat all over it even though they could have still had all their diversity points they would have just had to shift the story just a little bit stuck to the canon and they could have had all of their diversity but that wasn't good enough they have to shit all over it well, same way with all across the board this is all they're doing they're not deconstructing anything they are shitting all over it well they're well they're telling want, bad stories well if you want to demoralize
1: the people you destroy their stories yeah. it's like in China they're trying to keep their population under control So they're telling stories. They're actually not doing a terrible job. They're actually going about it smarter than over Mm -hmm. here. But what they do is they do these stories way wrong. Like they will place it in some ancient mythic past and then not use their actual lore. Like I was watching an old Chinese movie, well not an old Chinese movie, a new Chinese movie. And it's all epic and the Chinese are all cool and whatnot, but it's all bullshit. None of these creatures are actually in
0: Chinese Right, well, I I think I know what when you're talking about is where they have the dragon. To the Chinese, the dragon is the good guy. He is a god. And they used a Western evil dragon.
1: Yes, but looks like kind of like a halfway point between the two. Right. And then they made it not evil, but it was like a genetically engineered beast, and it was all nonsense. Like, Mm -hmm. they had the lion dog, but it wasn't a lion dog. They just made it a... uh, a, Tibet, a giant Tibetan Mastiff. They're, they're yes. deliberately bastardizing their own lore for political ends to control people, right? Because stories are powerful. They right. are and they,
0: magic. Uh, actually, all the peoples on the planet have stories. We just don't tell stories in the same way.
1: Well, it's even the Africans have stories. Oh yeah,
0: they've told and, me some of their stories, and the way that they storyteller is weird. It's almost like they're uh, they're they tell about the
1: stories. It's like the synopsis. Yes. The, that, sy- the that, synopsis slash criticism, like a critic review slash synopsis. Yes. It's like the re- the reviews of our stories Honestly, are it's their the way stories. most
0: pagans tell pagan stories now. They yes. give you a synopsis of the story, they don't actually tell and then you the story. They try to deconstruct it. Yeah. What's the point? Well, and by trying to deconstruct it, they end up not actually even deconstructing it. They just end up wiping their asshole all over it. Well, it's like people bring up the esotericism
1: of symbols. Symbols are not esoteric. By definition, they can't be, because if they're esoteric, then they're not symbols the, anymore.
0: Yeah, then what's the purpose of the symbol?
1: Well, it's like the American flag is a symbol, a symbol people have died for, mm-hmm. literally just the flag, not even what it represents, the flag. Uh, same with many, many symbols over the years, whether mm-hmm. it's a person embodying it, like Joan of Arc or Boudica, or a literal symbol. And Why? Because these things matter to people, they understood what it represented and what losing it would mean.
0: Right. Well, and part of my issue with esotericism is what has it ever actually accomplished or built or, or built, which we was actually talking about earlier day when we was exercising is um, what has esotericism ever done for somebody and or built? No, building a house builds a house talking about the hidden meaning and secrets of the house. Does not get the house built.
1: Fucking your wife makes babies and pair bonds. But talking about the esotericism of fucking your wife doesn't do anything
0: and probably makes both of you sexually frustrated. Right. Really, it gets in the way of so many things. And, I mean, just seriously, think about it. What is the point of a secret hidden meaning behind a symbol? You do, you, you make a symbol so that people know what the fuck you're talking about. Like an arrow. Well, you... you th- it means this way well
1: it's like uh codes and cryptics those are not symbols those are codes and cryptics and they're usually drawn in a symbol but that's not that's not what a symbol is that's Mm -hmm. what a symbol typically looks like like i can draw a lowercase t and it's a crucifix but it's also a lowercase t i'm not drawing the christian cross there is a difference between a something that looks like a symbol And what a symbol actually is, because like secret societies are up the wazoo in esotericism and hidden bullshit, but they don't really, truly have symbols, at least symbols used by the wider populace, because the people in the group tend to know what the symbols mean. That's why they're useful. It's like rebellions will have symbols they use, but they're only useful because the people in the rebellion know what that symbol looks like.
0: Exactly. All the stuff, it's quite simply, it's nonsense. Oh, there we lost another 10 percent. <laughs> well, it's like
1: Ogham uh, or runes. People treat these like they're esoteric. No, they're only esoteric now because we don't use them. If in a parallel mm-hmm. universe, we'd lost the Latin alphabet
0: instead and then rediscovered them on like
1: these old Greco-Roman carvings,
0: there'd be. S- well, there there actually is a magic system built up around the Latin alphabet. The monks did it. Oh, yeah, it's. And here's the thing is, all esotericism is
1: is symbolism. It's the equivalent of saying, we invented a great game, but we're not going to tell you about it. So what good does that do? It's just not a thing. Secret societies are when rich people get So then
0: our stories don't have secret hidden meanings to them. And if they do, they're not good stories. Because I've seen some of those stories that have the secret hidden meaning. And they're just not good stories. They're horrible stories. They're bad. I mean... They're just bad. They're not good stories.
1: Well, it's like uh, J.R.R. Tolkien had that quote. Uh, It was uh, something on Allegory. I have it somewhere. Ah, here it is. This is from Tolkien himself. I cordially dislike allegory in all its manifestations and always have done so since I grew old and weary enough to detect its presence. I much prefer history, true or feigned, with its varied applicability to the thought and experience of readers. I think that many confuse applicability with allegory, but the one resides in the freedom of the reader
0: and the other in the purpose domination of the author. Allegory is a story poem or a picture that can be interpreted to reveal a hidden meaning typically or a moral or political one. So it's allegory is on the onus of the reader. You can look at anything because that's why they attack Tolkien over that, that uh, quote. Well, then why is there so much allegory in the stories? There is no allegory in the story. It is history, real or feigned written to the purpose of well, entertaining wasn't he, so wasn't on he and so a forth history professor so english
1: english professor but he used all this lore to craft an entire world he wrote it, s- there is mil- no
0: hidden meaning to it he put it all out there well, for he, everybody He wrote
1: millennia of history with the intention of people actually continuing his stories if i remember correctly yes so he was a he was a historian and a study of english and basically wrote a story with the intention. It's much like Lovecraft. Mm -hmm. Lovecraft encouraged people to continue his stories. Right. So
0: this allegory that people see in there, it is the fault of that reader seeing allegory. Allegory was not intentionally put into his stories. Like the hidden meaning. What does the orcs mean? Oh my goodness. The orcs are orcs. The elves are elves. The elves are elves. The dwarves are dwarves. So on and so forth, et cetera, et cetera. It is exactly what it says. Any hidden meanings to it is because the reader is looking for hidden meanings. And if you look hard enough for hidden meaning, you will find it in anything. Like, why is it 241 right now at this very moment? Because it is. That's the reality of it. But if I really want to look into some hidden esoteric or allegorical meaning to it, I can find it. My mind doesn't work that way, but I could really press and find it. It's. Yeah, so he disliked allegory. He intentionally wrote to not put allegory into the stories, so there is no allegory. If it's there, it's completely accidental, and most likely it's on the onus of the reader putting it there.
1: Well, it's and here's the thing: is our myths and our stories they can be interpreted many ways, mm-hmm. but they're not hidden meaning. It's like Red Riding Hood. That's a popular story. Mm-hmm. You can interpret what it's
0: supposed to say many ways right but in the end it's it's on you as the, the listener the reader what it is that you're taking away from it the story of Little Red Riding Hood is quite simply the story of Little Red Riding Hood yes there is no secret meanings I mean you might really like the certain aspect and it talks to you in this way but that's on you well it's, it's like, not on the story well it's like what's the secret meaning of the T was that way
1: or the letter T Ta. yeah <laughs> It, it it's just how stories it's how stories work. You don't intentionally write a story with hidden meaning because then and if you do, conduit. it's going to fail. It it's terrible. You you write a story because you want to tell a story. That's what happened. With you know what? You know what?
0: Authors uh, intentionally put allegory into their stories. Yeah, me either, because um, they 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 never write popular stories.
1: Nobody likes the fantasy books that are full of allegory. They just think they have one that's full of. allegory. I
0: mean, the author loves it and they get angry because nobody likes their story because it's stupid because it's full of allegory. Yeah. I mean, quite simply.
1: Well, and here's the thing is there's nothing wrong with newer stories like Joan of Arc. Joan of Arc is a newer myth. And actually, she was heading to Godhood. She hit it and then the church ripped her down to sainthood and kind of demoted her and sort of
0: stuck her in this quagmire of saintdom Mm -hmm. well and here's how good allegory works one of the most popular movies in our various circles starship troopers the director intentionally put allegory into it the audience ignored all of his allegory and was like yeah we need this we need more of this we need people that meritocracy do or die it's not you're not politically voted in and then can do a shitty job. No, you have to actually be able to do the job. Meritocracy, that's what we need. More gung-ho, go get them. Sacrifice for, for the, the people, and sacrif- et etc. Et the the All the good stuff that people take from... The director did not mean it that way. He no. made it full of allegory, and nobody gave a fuck.
1: Well, that's part of actually the problem with a lot of modern shows is they try to get
0: the message through. Yeah, well, that's why they stopped using allegory, and like uh, American Gods, it was it was very popular, and then they stopped telling the story, and they started giving a message, and then people stopped watching it, and then uh, the actors and the writers and the directors got mad and lashed out at the at the audience that stopped liking the story because it wasn't a story anymore. Yeah, they it was, was just preaching at everybody and telling them that they're bad people.
1: Well, the way like. Christians tell stories with their sermons. Mm-hmm. That's preaching. Nobody likes to be preached at. Mm-hmm. Nobody likes to be preached at. I don't like it. You don't like it. I've never
0: met anybody that's like,
1: yeah, preaching. I love it. Yes. It's Tell, doil-
0: tell I me go- how I'm bad and stupid.
1: I'll go to the preacher, and I'll just sit there with my popcorn and enjoy it for 25 hours on end.
0: Because I love it. Eight
1: days a week.
0: Nobody, nobody does that. No. You tell a story, however, people are down for it. Yeah, if you tell a good story. And... Um, Other than that, people people can be socially pressured into saying a story is good. I mean, look at. Well, that's
1: the entirety of modern media. Yes. It's like nobody goes see a film, but it's the bestest ever because it's got the right diversity. quote. Nobody's doing stories anymore and they don't know how to do it. Like uh, the boys. Mm -hmm. It's a terrible show. It It has
0: all the promise in the world.
1: But the but like the most recent season. It was terrible. Like they tried to set up this character Soldier Boy as the bad guy for the entire season and by the end a lot of the fan base was like, "No, he's the closest thing to a good guy in this shit hole of a season."
0: Yeah. Because he's the only one keeping his word. <laughs> he's being honest, he's consistent,
1: and the rest of the characters are nonsensical. It's like they they have this whole scene where it's like you're just another racist we can't get rid of to soldier. But I'm like, he hasn't done anything racist the entire season.
0: And they've given up on allegory because we have a tendency to ignore it. So then they just started preaching. Yeah. And and that goes over about as well as a molasses bath. Mm -hmm. And again, people can be, pressured into saying a story is good to start that one crappy star wars movie okay the last there's too many of them sorry what that one star wars movie back is. when that back when it was the one shitty star yeah, Wars. yeah back movie. when it was the one and everybody almost everybody the minority was saying no this movie sucked and here's the fifty thousand reasons why this story sucked because from beginning to end they couldn't follow the canon but a lot of the population was like Oh, no, this is the fantastic, uh, most fantastical possible Star Wars movie of all time. It spoke to me in my heart when they w- was flipping around the, the, the Star Wars sword and, and it, nobody meant it. They was pressured into saying, it. oh, well, yeah, I saw this firsthand because like I went to see the movie with
1: uh, some family members. They all hated it. They all hated it. We were ranting in the car on the way home about how bad Until it was. Until they went to work. Until they went to work. And then uh, I think it was my dad. I was talking to him about how bad it was later on, you know, just for fun. And I, then he s- said, oh, no, I like it now. And then I asked him, wait, wait, when did you start to like it? You hated it as much as I did. What, what part do you like about it? He literally sat there with like a dead look in his eye for like two minutes. Power
0: down. Ooh.
1: And then decided <laughs> randomly the scene in the throne room which was hilarious because that was one of the scenes we specifically ripped on on the car ride home Mm -hmm. he changed his because the
0: armor works when it needs to work but it doesn't work when they need it to not work
1: well that's not even what i got into i got into just how stupid it was and then there's
0: so much to hate on that movie
1: it was it's a terrible example storytelling the original star wars
0: i actually feel bad for daisy ridley because here's the thing. A lot of these actors, when they're making a movie, they have no idea what is it is. They just know they're on untitled Star Wars project. Right. That, that's it. They don't know actually. Because it's, it's not recorded in order. Halftime, they don't get the scripts until that day. So on and so forth. And it's only for that scene. So they have no idea really what they're making. They have a rough idea. But then it's a new movie to them when they go and watch it. Because if you've seen anybody re-edit like The Hobbit, there was a guy re-edited the uh, three Hobbit movies down into one movie that was mostly watchable. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, so the, the editing room can really change things from what you think it is. And she cried. She was crying. She couldn't even do the interview. She's like, I just got to go to my car and cry. She wanted to do a good movie. She probably thought she was doing a good well, movie.
1: Well, it's Star Wars.
0: It's like I think some of the people that
1: signed on to Lord of the Rings, like the girl that plays Galadriel, I I mean, I don't know anything about her personally. She might be a horrible person. But she might also be a very nice person. But if you were a little girl and you grew up and you found out that you could audition for the role of Galadriel after growing up with the
0: Lord of the Rings movies... Mm -hmm. And And they didn't do anything that shows that they're going to fuck the story.
1: Yeah. So the first thing you'd think is, oh my gosh, mom, dad, I get to play Galadriel. How excited
0: would you be? And then you're just locked into a contract. What do you do? Well, and let's say they give you the best material, but then when they edit the film, they edit it out of, out of what you thought that meant, or even what their original source material said that this thing meant. And then it turns into some, something that is morally against what it is that you believe. What are you supposed to do about it?
1: Well, it's part of the problem with the movie industry in general as a mode of storytelling. It can be extremely powerful because Mm -hmm. it's all immersive, but it's also extremely problematic because of the simple fact that it is all immersive, right. and because the same movie can be edited two different ways, it's why the director's cut became a thing. Mm-hmm. Is because you can completely change the well, intention. Well, as a matter of fact, the it, director. that
0: director's cut saved some movies because the theatrical release sucked, and people was like, "No, this sucks." And then you get the DVD, the director's cut, and then you get these extra scenes, and some of the scenes are reordered, and you are like, "Ah, it was actually a good movie. Just the theatrical version of it sucked." Well, and. It's one of the
1: overall problems with storytelling in the modern day is all the methods of storytelling have been co-opted,
0: which is why it's a good thing that there's new people coming out, with which is ways why it stories. irritates me. I mean, it's not the people's fault. So when you watch Vikings, the Vikings TV show, for instance, which was was wildly popular for a while and people were taking that as history, they was learning their history. They was learning about uh, Ragnar. They was learning about Queen. What's her face? Um, because I can never remember her name in the lore. She's the one that approached Ragnar with the uh, eating the apple, wearing the net. Oh, and, oh, Uh, She's actually really interesting. Yeah, in the she's midst. actually a really great character. She's not the complete cunt. Well, they made her a Cersei, Cersei ripoff yeah. in the show, but I people aren't doing it wrong. They're actually doing the natural thing when they watch this, and they're like, "Yes, this is the story. This is how it was." that's Hollywood is pervert. This is why you can't do it is because they know our people learn this way that they understand our people and they know that our people are going to run with this. That's why they put the, that's why they keep the Chinese lady in there. That's why they put the Muslim kid in there.
1: That's why they keep rewriting history. Like they'll do period pieces and completely warp it. Mm -hmm. It's because that's how our people learn. Like we, we, we said it at the beginning, our people learn history, customs, culture, religion, spirituality. Right. That's why n- most white Christians don't know the first thing about the Bible, but they'll talk to you because of the film uh, It's a Wonderful Life, that the stars are angels, and when a bell rings, an angel gets its wings. That's completely heretical. It's not real. Yeah, but or it's, what
0: was that other incredibly popular uh, Christian show? It was uh, Left Behind. Yeah, the uh, I think. the rapture one. Yeah, and there's there's it has almost nothing at all to do with anything that's in their book, but they talk about it as if it this is the way that it is. And no, no, that's the way that movie is. Well, this is why I don't watch pagan content. If it's a show that is obviously intended to be oriented towards pagans to watch, I refuse to watch it because. It is just so fucked, and I know enough history. I know enough. Well, and to it's lower pretty right. obvious that it's been doing, done on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like people have, like we brought up the sexy midsummer. Midsummer, yeah. That that's one of them. They took just a little bit of something that is actually a thing, and then twisted it and warped it to turn it into something that's not. And then we have some of our people that are trying to return to ethnic faith. They watch this with the understanding that this is a pagan thing that they're watching, and then they think this. Is a, this is actually the way that it is no this is the way that the church describes it to turn us into fucking monsters. Or, or um there's another one uh the wicker man yes or um a few others
1: like it, other people have noticed this as well like they will deliberately like film historical films like it's really dark out and always cloudy they'll make the people as monstrous as possible make all the clothes drab drab ill-fitting the people are dirty Well, there's even a film, I think it's called The Viking. Mm -hmm. It's literally the pagans are presented as horrific, moronic, corrupt, human-sacrificing monsters. Mm -hmm. And the Christians are just these nice people. And the film literally ends with the pagans gleefully running into the river to be baptized and be welcomed into the
0: the bosom of Christ. So they do these things for a reason. We should be able to learn history. We should be able to learn cultures. We should be able to... We, we should be able to watch the movies, the TV shows, listen to the stories, listen to the music and be like, yes, this is what it is. But currently we can't. Well, I, I mean, we're hoping eventually we can make the money to where we can fix this. And, and people can actually learn it from watching, just just watching a, and and engaging with a story that we tell. Because we would like to actually eventually, hopefully... Start making enough money that we can start producing films and whatnot. We're, we're miles from that, so no, we're not secretly working on it. But we would like to get there.
1: Well, and stories can inspire people to do great things, like mm-hmm. Shakespeare's plays have inspired innumerable works of art. Wagner's operas, which honestly, they're, as operas, they're subpar, but stylistically they carry a lot of power mm-hmm. because of their subject matter and because of the method in which they're performed. An entire art movement an entire cultural movement basically spawned from Wagner mm-hmm. and a lot of people learned their mythology from that it's not right he gets a lot of the mythology either wrong because he chose to do it a different way or because he was strapped for like why have both of these roles cast I can jam them into one role and then you have Idun and Freya and the same goddess just to fulfill the same role mm-hmm. but these stories they make us stronger they can motivate us motivate us to just grand heights like Lord mm-hmm. of the Rings Lord of the Rings the films inspired so many people mm-hmm. and our people are trying to get back to who we were instinctively that's why like there's so many things that are good for our people that have been corrupted like healthier local food there's nothing wrong with that but it's been so corrupted the association is negative etc cetera, etc cetera. I'll end with a little bit more the ending of talking to the coworker. Because I think it's actually important, and it hammers home some of these things. Yeah,
0: so a lot of people turn off now. Don't turn off yet. <laughs> wait Wait until I start talking.
1: Yeah. But I'm talking to him, and I'm telling him, the thing is, is you don't have to believe in the gods. But telling their stories not only shows them we care, but it allows us to be better. It's like if you have a grandfather that fought in World War II or something like that, And he did great deeds and you told his legends and his stories and you did that to show you care, to tell your family how great your ancestors were, what they were capable of. A man tells his story so many times that he becomes the stories. And in that way, he becomes immortal. And the thing that most hit me was
0: after I said that, he said, wow, I have a new goal in life. Which is perfect. All right. Now the people that like to click off early, thanks for showing up. Uh, For the people that like to listen right to the end, uh, it's going to be really short. I'm just going to say don't do what your enemy describes you as doing because they intentionally try to make you a monster. So stop and think. Um, Argue with the TV screens. Argue with the book that you're reading. That way you're engaging with the storytelling and learn how to tell a story and tell it from your heart. Uh, Don't Try to impress the the academic side of somebody because that doesn't really impress anybody. The sincerity. Be sincere in everything that you do and you will actually make the world a better place at least immediately around you. It can inspire other people to do the same. It's like a ripple in a pond. So until then, guys, um, yeah, we'll see you next week at some point. All right, be good.